Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening wherever you are, and welcome to Chicken Soup for the White Boy's Soul. My name is Denver Crawford, and this podcast is a closer look into my personal journey of healing through conversation. As someone who identifies primarily as a white male, I am responsible for educating myself on how to unlearn my implicit racism and the ways in which the American and global systems have contributed to a false view of myself and other people. I am attempting to create that space here on the podcast by inviting voices from all walks of life to a conversation, one aimed at learning. Too many of us are using social media and the internet at large as a placeholder for actual conversation and individual action. Here you will witness conversations that are awkward, frustrating, cathartic, confusing, but most of all, positive. I have done my best not to edit anything out of these conversations. They are real and they are honest. Editing in order to appear more intelligent or well-spoken would be against the entire idea of this thing. While this is a place I've created out of a personal need, I would like to believe that you, listener, whoever you are, might find solace and encouragement from these conversations with friends and family. If there is anything you'd like to comment on, a missed opportunity, an incorrect term, or more opportunities for learning, I encourage you to send all communications to whiteboyssoul at gmail.com. I did want to listen to your interlude. Yeah. Four, but it's okay. It's still over here at. That's okay. Um, you know where I'm at because we live together. I guess. But, um, so welcome to the Chicken Soup for the White Boy Soul podcast. Um, my guest this evening is my fiance Trey Tatro um it's me it's you and <clears throat> I ask you for an answer oh right 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 um patience is a virtue is my answer to me Okay. Would you like to explain that? You don't have to, but... Yeah, I mean... People people generally like to. (laughs) Sure. Well, yeah. I've been putting out into the universe that I'm trying to have more patience with and for myself, but then also um, wanting to create more space to allow patience in. um, Hmm. Because just with the way that the world is right now, I think that's the only thing that we can really do for ourselves. Because there's so much waiting. There's so much anticipating mm-hmm. the elections. There's so much anticipating the end of the year, how we're going to come out of this pandemic, mm-hmm. the next wave, you know, all these things. So patience. That's very also the answer that I was thinking of com- coming into this um, fits right in with that, I think, is... um. The way it sounds in my head is give things the time that they deserve. Mm. Um, Give yourself the time it takes to do whatever. If it takes a week, it takes a week. If it takes a month, it takes a month. If it takes a year, it takes five years. Let, Let it take that long. Don't rush whatever it is that needs to happen. Um, Let it take the time that it takes. Yeah. And that's just, I think that's coming from post 
interlude which you didn't listen to but i was just talking about how i've been kind of in the like sad place and i've just been a little Mm, like yeah down for a little bit Mm -hmm. so um i'm letting it take as much time as it needs to it's not uh and and i think in being kind to myself um it's actually i've i've had these periods of sadness which i feel like since I was very young, yeah. it, it would be very frequent. I would, um, you know, we go through seasons emotionally. Yeah. And my, my bad seasons when I was really sad were really, really, really bad. Every, like, consistently, at least once or twice a year, going through a really, really rough period with myself. And, um, Not even I've, when you were a kid, I've seen that. I've seen this too. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's been through and I feel like this is the first time in my adult life where I feel like this season is it's like it's one of those seasons Mm -hmm. but it's not it's not as bad because I think I've been giving myself the time I'm letting it take the time it takes I think you've also come to a place of um acknowledging it and accepting it as a thing about yourself and not looking at it as this horribly negative thing because to frame it in the way of like it being a season that makes it more organic and it makes it something that's that is ever changing you know mm-hmm. like you just get you give yourself power that you'll get through it and yeah. i just i'm happy to hear you phrase it that way yeah so it's a little weird having this conversation i had talked about it i feel like it's good that you didn't listen to the interlude because you probably would have i i mentioned the fact that like we don't set aside Mm-mm. large chunks of time to um, discuss, you know, Dang. what it, what it's like being two white dudes. No, we really don't, I guess. And, um, I mean, we've, you know, we've discussed it, and there have been times when it's really come up. Um, I just think deliberately creating this space is something that we haven't done much of, and I'm yeah. interested to know if it's going to be or how it's going to be, I guess. Or, like, do you have any feelings about, like... Do you have any feelings about that? About creating the space or about being awake? Yeah, any, any like, nervous things? I mean, yeah, like... I'm, I'm nervous. I mean, I'm intentionally not looking at you just so that it, it there is some separation. I don't know why I need to do that. <laughs> but, but... We're sitting right next to each other on our living room floor because <laughs> the microphone I'm using is a one-direction mic, so... We have to sit right up next to each other, but yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, and I think it would it would make this more like we are sitting down formally to talk if I was looking at you while I was talking, because that's not always the most natural thing, anyways. And we cohabitate the same space twenty four seven, so it's yeah. you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm nervous. I I'm not I'm nervous to talk to you. I guess it's funny because I'm feeling the nervousness that your previous guests have been feeling. But I'm not afraid to talk about this. I'm not afraid to like delve into yeah. my, quote, whiteness. But I am I guess I'm afraid to have this conversation with you because we don't, you know, we don't really create that space. Well, I think even the conversation in general, when you say, like, we need to talk. It's kind, yeah. of, it's kind of one of those scenarios as in, well in as In our just, context, in the relationship context, yes, yeah. it is. It feels like that. Weight. But even with friends that I've asked, I'm kind oh, of like, true. True, true. 
when you when you sit, when you tell someone, hey, I want to dedicate some time, we got to have a talk. It, yeah, I think inherently yeah. brings some um, nervousness to the scenario or whatever the conversation yeah. is. Yeah, um, the formalizing of, of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that the longer I, you know, I'm nervous up until the moment that we start talking, and then maybe a few minutes after we begin the conversation, I start to really ease in. But I'm wondering if, like, sure, do you need to do some more easing in? No, 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 I'm ready. I mean, I, I also have the benefit of having um, a front row seat to this whole process because I'm mm-hmm. you know, a partner, but also because, you know, we, we have, even if it's not been as formal, we have discussed this and I, I know, I know where you're, where you're going and I know your intentions. So I, there mm-hmm. is, you know, that inherent level of trust that comes with mm-hmm. over five years of being together, but also um, just knowing you mm-hmm. and, and knowing that this is a, this is a safe space. Yeah. Even if we weren't together, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I just know that all the questions that are like going through my mind are about um, being a partner to me through this particular process because um, I want to make sure that, you know, uh, I want you to be critical and I also want you to be nice to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know that I've been very critical. I've not been, well, no, I've been pretty critical because I, (laughs) because I love you and because I support you. I mean, that's part of my job. I'm not going to, I know you from, you know, very well from the beginning that I've never been, I've never been, um, I've never been your biggest advocate, and I mean that from the, the, the point of... Or no, I've never been your biggest fan, that's what I should say. Oh, okay. I have been your biggest advocate, but I've never been your biggest fan in the context of, of telling you how great you are all the time. Because, yeah. And we've talked about this, because there are so many people in your life that do that, and rightfully so, because you are incredibly intelligent, and you think things through, and you are, you are an artist. Um, with a capital A, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, I mean, all all of that is to say is that you know I I I, I will never hold back criticism. Yeah. So being with you through this, I mean, it's been good to see because it's obviously made me think a lot about things. And you, honestly, it, it, why I I guess I've been more um, willing. And, and dare I say eager to to be on this with you is because you my experience in in dealing with my whiteness and coming into that waking up um, is because of you you are you oh I'm getting a little emotional you are um, the direct result of that because it's not something that I would have wanted to face and you kind of you kind of pushed me towards it um, in, in a ways, in, in a good way. But um, I just mean that like this, it's, it's good work. And I feel like I can impart a little bit of that because it's, it's been good for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I vividly remember, I vividly remember uh, 
when you were going through boot camp with TCP. Oh, okay. And um, you were still in Virginia, and I was up here in the city. Well, first, let let me explain boot camp, because that's okay. a thing that yeah. no one would understand. Sure. If, uh, everyone's heard TCP thus far, if you've listened to the podcast. Um, if not, just give them a quick Google and um, check out the website. You'll figure out what TCP is. But uh, I was in a production with TCP called Uncle Tom Deconstructed. And um, there's a two week, there's like a week and a half, two week long boot camp that we had to go through before we even touched the text of the play, um, where we essentially, uh, it was almost like role playing because the way that Uncle Tom Deconstructed is performed is as a minstrel show. So it's done in white face and blackface. And in order to inhabit those characters, there's a certain, um, you can't just jump into that. Um, so this boot camp was essentially in preparation for wearing that mask, which is a very powerful mask to wear. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were doing a lot of um, role-playing exercises um, that uh, helped us understand the depth of, um, you know, trauma and suffering that um uh, is the history of america and it was like i'm not i'm not going to describe the process in detail it's a very private um uh thing that uh, i don't want to say it is what it is it's it's different for everyone it means something different but it was um life-changing for me and uh you know is the basis for the work that I do on myself and with the people in my life is, um, and how I have conversation about these things all does really kind of come from those two weeks that we spent. Right. You know? Yeah. It was a really intensive process. And, but you remember, was, that's funny because I don't remember how I felt around boot oh, camp, but, Oh, I do. I, th and I think I remember the reason, after and before and a little bit during. But. Well, right. And, and, and I think I remember, I remember it for a number of reasons because I was, getting debriefed every night uh, when we were FaceTime. <laughs> um, we were doing long distance. Right, because I was in New yeah. York. By that point, I was a peer. But um, I remember, I think, I think I, I, well, yeah, I, there was just, there was a lot going on. But I think partly why I remember it was because I think you were supposed to spend your spring break with me or something oh. up here and, and you were and casting I, the show and you didn't. But so I remember being upset about that. <laughs> but ultimately glad that you did it, I guess. Um, but all this, I bring this up because I vividly remember FaceTiming with you. And mm -hmm. you're telling me about this. You're telling me about your um, experience going through boot camp. And even then you were, you were already... Um, giving back it's not quite what I mean but you were already doing doing the work mm -hmm. uh, and you were bringing it to me mm -hmm. and I remember I remember being woken up I remember I don't remember what you were saying I just remember talking about it and getting frustrated and then crying because you're you're telling me you're giving me these hard truths that you're learning yourself in real time and it was mm -hmm. and I just remember that that moment where I was like, mm -hmm. fuck, they've been, they've been trying to tell us for years and years and years and years and years. Mm -hmm. They've been trying to wake us up for years. 
mm-hmm. and um centuries maybe yeah well you know. yes yes and and that was the that was the big truly truly the the awakening because mm-hmm. it felt like i was my eyes were opening to to something that well i also felt because i'm remembering these conversations that you and i had where i would talk about my experience with tcp and i felt bad because um it's very much a thing of like you had to be there to understand this and yet i was still trying to explain it to you yes and it felt it felt like but it's really difficult to and even in this podcast i talk about the work i've done with tcp and um i bring it up and it feels like one of those things where you have that friend who keeps talking about the camp that they went to that was so amazing and uh oh if you just went or did this it it becomes like an annoying thing right i am aware of how um annoying it is because um i'm like you should do this but i'm not actually presenting an opportunity well for yes that experience to happen but it's it's not you're not saying that like you should do this you're saying um you should you should you should learn from this or you like learn from what i'm what i've learned it's like I've, I've I I have there have been times where I've been like oh my god Denver stop fucking talking about TCP yeah for sure like to I've, be quite honest I have been but it at I've, the same I've time thought that as I'm uh, yeah and yes and yes you have yeah um, but at the same time it's like it's not coming it it is because especially being your partner and and going through this whole thing with you and and getting um secondhand training i guess mm-hmm. for lack of a better way to put it uh it has been frustrating and it is like i we talked about it fairly recently um mm-hmm. how you know I, I said something along the lines of like well tcp is your thing mm-hmm. and not in a begrudging way but it's just like that's that's what you do that yeah. is your work yeah. and 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 you had said something like well you could join you could be a part of it and it was like yes mm-hmm. I guess I theoretically could, but there, especially now, there aren't opportunities to do a boot camp, and mm-hmm. it's it it, and I guess it's unique for us because it's one of those relationship things where we have our separations, um, and this feels very much yeah. again like your thing. But anyways, uh, it's it it is it is interesting because I do not claim to be a part of TCP because I haven't done the work firsthand with them, but I mm-hmm. feel connected to them because of you and because i've done that work with you through you um and we've had conversations mm-hmm. so it's it's interesting and it is this interesting thing where yeah. it's like i'm not a part of it i don't fully understand but i yeah but i am and i also think that um i for a very long time think that i um as a way of avoiding my own you know uh uh, what is it? Ability. My own, you know, self. Um, I felt like I was giving a little bit too much power to TCP and that, like, they're the only way that anyone could really do this work. And while um, I think TCP, no one, no one does the work that TCP does. Um, it is wholly unique in that experience. It's still not the only avenue um, to pursue, yeah. you know, um, healing and, right. and consciousness. Right. Um, 
but it is a very potent it's it's the thing that i've found in my journey that's like i there is nowhere else that i believe that i can find this and i you know trying to recreate it is really um not something i would want to do um but but yeah. yeah But it also, you know, don't take away from the, the, the fact that, that it also resonates heavily so much with you because it is, mm-hmm. it is, it, this, their, their work is an art form. They are based in theater, they're yeah. based in storytelling. So yeah. you, in pursuing that before. I just think I was trying to, but I think I was it also. It resonates with you more. Yeah. But I was also their telling work. a lot of people. I'm, I think I've grown out of it, but I feel like for many years, it was like, I was, TCP is like a circle a circular peg and I was trying to like shove it into like a square shaped hole like someone else I was trying to like um fit that specific brand of um learning into other people's right. frames of references which I'm just saying right in hindsight um that's something that I'm aware of and like um you know, at the end of the day, we're the only ones who can do the work on ourselves. It's just like which tools, which groups, which spaces will be able to help you do that work. And for me, TCP is it. Right. Exactly. Um, so that's the that's the main point that I'm. I think I'm just trying to say, which is like, um, I want to admit that I was, for a number of years, very like. I fully believed that there was only one way to do it, and it was this way. Yes. And yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I'm also wondering about how you feel because uh, there are moments and it's like I don't uh, think about it too much because at the end of the day, it's just like I love you because I love you. Mm-hmm. But I think about the fact that like we're two white men. Yeah. Um, for the most part. <laughs> um for the most part uh that's i mean that's primarily what we identify as yes but we're in a relationship with each other and that um with all of the ways to feel about races and stereotypes and all of these things um uh that just feels like it looks bad or like you know it's yeah. it, that seems like an opportunity for delusion um you know two white guys living together and you know i don't know but i mean that's that is it's that's interesting i mean i i i mean it's it's i would be lying if i said i haven't thought about how Mm -hmm. we are of the same if if you know what i mean like you know we are we're quite similar well yeah we're white we're white men we we grew up in Virginia. We grew right. up in like similar uh, households and right. you right. know there's with a, similar there's a beliefs of, and ideas. Yeah, there's a lot of um, sameness there, and I think I I think that we are attracted to what's familiar, mm-hmm. and I think with being gay men in, in particular, or or gay and yeah. bisexual, queer, queer, sure, <laughs> uh, it's you look for where you can find the most comfort and and i think sometimes that manifests in mm-hmm. in something more similar or, and well, then other times mm-hmm. it, it doesn't but 
I mean, it, 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 it doesn't, I don't, I don't question this mm-hmm. from the standpoint of, um, why am I attracted to a white man? Because as a mm-hmm. gay, per, as a gay man, I've yeah. gone through my fair share of trying to, to decode and figure out why I am the way that I am because of, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're taught that it's wrong in so many levels from mm-hmm. such an early age. And so me being the way that I was, I was trying to figure that out in the wrong ways. Um, so I don't, I don't look at, I don't look at us. I just see it. I see that. And maybe, maybe it's problematic that I don't, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't see it as like I think... necessarily part of the problem that mm-hmm. I am engaged to a white man. No. I don't think it's part of the problem. I think it's just one of those things where I, I want to go back to what you said about comfort um, or a sense of familiarity is like, I don't think because I've been in a relationship where I felt like me and the person I was dating were the same person. And then like the boundaries dissolve between like whose thought is whose and like what it, um, I think the, the too similar too comfortable is really dangerous well, yeah. and yeah, all you have things. you have been i feel like you write a line of yes i feel comfortable in all of these ways like there's a checklist of things that i need to feel comforted on and then i think you challenge me in all the ways that i know yes. i need to be challenged and i think uh even i'm just saying that also translates to the conversation around race um especially with um how we educate ourselves is we have to know um, the threshold we have for information and how we receive information because um, a lot of it has to do with how comfortable we are. And, you know, waking up, doing the work on yourself is uncomfortable. But, um, and so when we feel totally discomforted or there's no comfort around us i think people shut it out entirely rather than you know just shifting things a little bit right which which i will say is one of the things that you Mm -hmm. taught me and shown me is is because yeah i i get so frustrated that that society at large can't Mm -hmm. just let things be and and that we have to fear what we don't understand because the question that I asked, I think, is also, like, indicative of unresolved things within me, which is, is it a problem that, like, two white guys are dating in this day and age? Like, can we can we move past that? I think it's just, it goes back to, I had a conversation with Ali Set last week, and she had, it was a very long conversation, and we talked about stuff, and she was just like, don't, um... She, it was just about like if if I view myself at the very base of my being if I if I um, think that just solely because I am male and white um, I am harmful like inherently like those things I am an inherently harmful being then like that's what I'm manifesting um, whereas it's more important to like it's it's not inherently a problem that two white guys are dating. It's not. It's not. Um, because especially for me and my point of view, it's it's always about the person and it's about 
souls, you know, like I, mm-hmm. not to be cheesy or whatever, but I've said it to you before and I've talked mm-hmm. to my mom about how like past lives and mm-hmm. she believes, I believe that we were connected in some way in past mm-hmm. lives. And it's always been about <clears throat> that, that inexplicable attraction mm-hmm. and chemistry and, and energies because, you know, we've been through enough shit together. Yeah. That if it wasn't that deep, we would not still be, we would not be engaged. Mm. It's not been easy for us. It's been a lot of work. Yeah. So I don't think that it's it's a matter of just being attracted to to something that, and I guess I'm contradicting myself a little bit, but like, I don't think it's 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 about just you're white, so I prefer you, yeah. you know. Well, Which yeah. and and that is. And and that's I will say I think unique to us and how we see things because there is very much a problem in the uh, community for primarily yeah. amongst amongst gay men yeah. that there is that um, that inherent racism of mm-hmm. I'm not attracted to men of color I'm not attracted to um, certain to certain types right yeah. and 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 that's very much a thing um, that that needs to be exposed and that, that we need to talk about because it, it you know, racism is, is prevalent in everywhere. And even, even as, as gay people in the LGBTQ community, it's, it's still present. Even if we feel like a marginalized ostracized mm-hmm. group in and of ourselves, we still hold these societal wrongs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're up. Uh, yeah. Um, we're still part of the problem in our ways. We're, yeah, we're not. We're just not helping the argument of like white gays need to stop dating each other. White gays need to open up their horizons. But I think we also found each other at a time because, like, speaking to your whole every time you use metaphors about love or how we were meant for each other, you talk about past lives and things, mm-hmm. and I talk about. Um, I'm just going to share my side of the story, which is um, I met you. The first time we met, we shook hands, and literally, literally, the planets aligned, the earth (laughs) opened up, and I was like, this is the most important person I've ever met. And, And I didn't believe it at all. I was like, that's bullshit. But I had the conscious thought. And it kept repeating in my head over and over again. This is the most important person you'll ever meet. And so that was being told to me through some spiritual avenue. And my conscious mind was like, that's dumb. That makes no sense. I just met this person. And I don't, like, I didn't find, I didn't immediately, I wasn't like, oh, he's beautiful. He's cute. Like all these things. It was just kind of like, you were a coworker to me. Because we were working on a show. But then it was about you know, three or four weeks later that I was like, oh, I think he's cute. <laughs> oh, I think I, think I want to kiss him. Um, <laughs> and then I didn't want, we didn't want to date for a really long time. Right. We were like, we were really trying to avoid things. Um, and then the only other metaphor that I think I like to use for us is like, I feel like we're, um, I feel like our souls are like magnets where yes. I don't know if they've come together before, but I feel like each time we've tried to kind of pull apart from each other um, in, in any small way, we come back even harder together. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
I know I'd use the metaphor at one point with you where I was just like, I feel like every time we do come back together, we come back together harder, but it also feels like we're chipping away at each other. And so I'm like, I just want to surrender to the fact that, um, you know, I'm stuck to you like glue um, rather than, you know, worry about ripping our two magnets apart. Right. Sidebar. That was that. <laughs> that was my little tangent. Right. Because I think that's important when talking about you and me and... Yeah. yeah. The energies. And I think, I mean, we, we, we are definitely um, two people that, that operate and look at the world. One of our lenses. Well, differently, but I was going to say that, that, um, you know, we, we, we do give a lot of power, I guess, to energies. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, uh, mm-hmm. that, yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's beyond that. And I, I personally just don't think it's helpful to, to question whether or not yeah. it's right that we are, it, or that it's okay that we're two white men yeah. who are in a relationship. So with that, <laughs> um, I feel like my journey has been a lot with about, um, you know, you talk a lot about questioning and I, well, again, I feel like a broken record, but it, and not to make it all about being gay, but it's like, there is just so much questioning that you go through when you're coming out, when you're trying to deal with, these feelings that are deemed to be so wrong. Um, but we, you know, and, and then as creatives, we also question things. Um, and I feel like a lot of my, my process mm-hmm. in my own right, not having been a part of something like TV, TCP and not mm-hmm. having any formalized training or education really, because we all know education, our systems are, trash, uh, has been a lot of questioning, um, and trying to understand where my, how I contribute to the problems and how I've done it in the past, how I do it presently. Um, and, and, and also if I can say it, like letting it be okay in so much so that like I know now that it's wrong that like before maybe I didn't know and and now I'm in a place where what specifically was wrong so I mean there there are so many there are so many things that I can point to that I'm like like well I mean I guess this is the why we're having this conversation to like yeah to be real um and specific and specific (laughs) um so like because we've talked so far about our our relationship specifically our relationship and you know there's been really one question about like is it okay for two white guys a date yeah of course it is but just you know don't give the stereotype anymore fuel of like don't be vapid and only concerned with yourself um but and you've talked Mm -hmm. about how like i've been part of your like a huge part of your journey or awakening and right. um part of that was um during uncle tom deconstructed boot camp for me i'm wondering if there are just like any specific thoughts that you remember having or like 
truths that came from your experience where you can like point I know you pointed to the moment but like um are there any like things that you live by or like mm. ideas that you're like how do you um handle your relationship to all of these issues um what do you tell yourself yeah um That's such an interesting question because I don't I don't think there is one thing. I don't I really don't tell myself well, anything. Let's, let's... I think I just observe I like I observe. I um yeah. I try to I mean, you know, I've said it like a million times mm-hmm. to you, but I am in, I believe that I am an incredibly empathic person and empathetic person. Mm-hmm. Um so how I guess I try to move through this in, in reconciling things within myself is mm-hmm. to feel, <laughs> you know, that I'm a, I'm a very feeling person, um, mm-hmm. to feel what I need to feel in, in given moments. And, and if that's being upset with myself that I was wrong about the way that I looked at people of color, if I was wrong about mm-hmm. um, inherent perceptions or whatever uh if i need to feel that anger in myself good Mm -hmm. let it let it let it but then don't live in it which is something that you taught me and like move through it yeah and and so i just try to i guess what i try to do is just like put the the love out there that i i I try to overcompensate maybe yeah with i'm I'm going to ask a specific question yeah, about because yeah. um, we both went to a march for Dominique Alexander. Yeah. Okay. So that's a more um, recent and uh, I'm sure you can talk about what that experience was like for you. Yeah. For, for context, um, uh, Dominique Alexander was found hung from a tree in Fort Tryon Park um, and still hasn't received a full investigation into um, whether it was declared a suicide after just an hour of people being on the scene and it it felt like it was rushed and the community um, hasn't really been given proper time to heal and there's been a lot of um, there's been demand for justice and so when we went to this march um, I believe it was like 60 days since he had been found um, hung and we um, did some demonstrations and um, but how was that for you what yeah. what did that bring up for you and what what did you learn from that experience I'll I can talk about what I learned yeah. but um, I want to hear you go first well it was my first it was it was my first big um protest and and effort to participate in in a march in a in activism mm-hmm. uh beyond the convenience of social media and uh, social media is not activism <laughs> it's not oh well, that's what i'm saying like it, it it trivializes and and over mm-hmm. conveniences any sort of real activism um so it was my first big thing, and 
I, I remember having a lot of anxiety throughout the whole thing. Um, I was, I was uncomfortable. I was nervous. I, um, uh, was scared. Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt like maybe for the first time I was experiencing that target. Um, I was experiencing what it's like to be somebody that's, that is, that is challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to say that, like, I, I felt like I was afraid of, I was just afraid. I was just scared. I was having a lot of anxiety, uh. And that was in large part because, like, we just gotten back to the city a few weeks before, and mm-hmm. and I was um, there's yeah there were, there were many reasons on top sure. of other reasons too yeah yeah but I think specifically uh, with this march I was I was very afraid to be in the group and to be making noise and to be um, mm-hmm. shouting at people on the street uh, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but also at the same time, feeling this really beautiful and powerful sense of community mm-hmm. within the, the, the march, within the, the organizers and, and the people actively participating alongside of us, but also with those on the side of the street that, that we're supporting mm-hmm. and the other people of color, specifically in cars that were honking. Mm-hmm. And just feeling like I was doing something right and that I could be like, I am here to support you and to, to mm-hmm. do my part and to add my voice um, mm-hmm. and to lift lift up the others. Um, but yeah, I was scared. It was it was a it was a it was an unfamiliar experience for me, which which inherently made me scared, mm-hmm. um, and then also made me question why I was why I was so afraid and like why I should, and I, I guess I should be, I should have been because it was giving me the smallest bit of glimpse of what it is to, to be afraid of the police, to feel threatened by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and to feel like I am making a big splash for lack of a better way to put it by like, yeah, just by, just by doing something that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, like stopping traffic mm-hmm. to march in the street, mm-hmm. being a part of something that's doing that. It's just like to 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 be a part of something that was disruptive mm-hmm. is not something that I would normally do because I'm a cautious person. Um, so to remove myself from that again is naturally mm-hmm. going to make you anxious. But I think it was a really important experience for me, um, and then also just to to see these young people that were making this happen. Mm-hmm. And to recognize that they have so much power and to see it firsthand, I think was was important and helped me realize that I um, that I don't need to that I can take a seat mm-hmm. only only in the respect of like a white man sit down. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to know what um if you could distill it down to like, what did you ultimately get out of the experience? What did you leave behind and what did you take with you? 
I think I left behind, um, I left behind any sort of guilt and feeling like I wasn't doing anything. Um, and, and guilt in my roles, the roles, the role I have played, um, in the, in, in, in being part of the problem and contributing to ignorance my own and at large and then uh and then i get what i moved forward with what did you take what did i take power um strength is a better way to, to, to it's a better word i took some strength knowing that and hope because seeing these young people i mean we're young but they're mm-hmm. they were like 10 years at yeah. least younger than i am Seeing them be so strong and brave and, and resilient uh, was was humbling because these kids are doing something so incredibly important mm-hmm. um, that goes beyond them and goes beyond mm-hmm. that goes beyond what me yeah the leaders what I do the leaders of it were um, 18, 19, 20 year olds right. and um, uh, I wish I had names to give, but I, I do have, if you want to stay updated on the situation, follow um, at Declaring Justice for Domo on Instagram. Um, and, uh, you know, you'll you'll see who's in the movement. And, and also you know. Warriors in the Garden. I don't know if I follow that one. They're, they're another one. Of the I do that one, NYC Action Lab. Mm-hmm. But warriors in the garden. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the other thing that I like to tell people is like, especially in this day and age when we find ourselves um, unable to turn away from the issues that are in front of us, and so our daily relationship becomes about like dealing with these things, and most of us just want to shut or people who haven't been given ways to like deal with it just want to shut it out i tell people i'm like follow 20 accounts like just go through accounts on instagram that you're like i would never follow this in a million years i don't agree with it but just like follow them um and treat it as a way to just experience a perspective outside your own um i think that's been one of the biggest learning tools for me in terms of um oh I saw a point of view that was very different from what I thought and felt, and it made me think about where I receive, I may, where I formulate my opinions. And but um, anyway, yeah. Since you were mentioning the kids, yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's it's helpful. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was a really important experience for me, and and it it was it was a good it was a good step personally for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that's what we need to be doing. We need to be removing ourselves yeah. from the comfort of of third party online activism, and I think we need to also be removing ourselves from the comfortability of of being white. And it's it's hard, and it's 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 scary because 
Yeah. Well, I think the comf- the the ability to feel comforted in your whiteness um, doesn't necessarily exist anymore unless you're a Trump supporter. If that that I think is the only way that's, that's anymore to feel like comfortable in your whiteness is if you have a maniac like Donald Trump boosting sure. that identity with such rhetoric that you know it's they're really trying to cling on to the comfort. But um, anyway, yeah, I feel like. It was the first protest I had been to in a while. Um, what I left, or what I think I, what I, what I, yeah, what I guess I left was um, a quietness, a quiet attitude, and like food. I brought snacks for like to hand out to people and like I feel like that was something that I left was just like an offering um as as well as uh I think I took away I I took away um that this should be um normal this should feel normal um yeah a sense of a sense of normalcy is what I took away. Not a, like, it was, yeah. I was just like, of course, I should be showing up to these all the time, and I need to, like, this should be normal to me. Yeah. It's, that, yeah, that's my takeaway. But, um, you know. I think a lot about the history of, um, obviously the civil rights movement and then and well any history of activism in general and how if i in being a lover of history if i if i as a kid would always tell myself that i would have been there i would have been yeah i think we all do right well my point is that like if you if you tell yourself that you would have participated in the civil rights movement of the 60s mm-hmm. now's your chance <laughs> yeah and so it's like that's that's kind of what I I like to, to to phrase it in, but but I do find myself holding, I do find that I hold myself back because of fear, and that's mm-hmm. obviously like a personal journey, trying to mm-hmm. list name what I'm afraid of and then move past it mm-hmm. um, to confront it and in the in the healthiest ways that I can. Um, it's a very recent uh, personal journey, but it's 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 framing it in that context is, is helpful um, because you can get so bogged down in, in, in being guilt, feeling guilty about the stupid things that you've said or done. And I've done stupid things and I've said stupid things. Um, mm-hmm. We all have around race. Yeah. And, 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 and even to, you know, thinking that it was a joke and it's, 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 I acknowledge that I've done that. And I acknowledge that it was wrong and I know how to be better going forward. And I think mm-hmm. that that's, that's really all that we can do as we try to work through it because it mm-hmm. is, it is such a, a journey and it's such a process and it's not about, mm-hmm. like you've said before, I think on here about living in, in guilt and having shame. Um, guilt and shame are the bookends of oppression. Right. And bookends 
what do they do? They keep things together. Things in their place. In their place. Yeah. From falling off the shelf or, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's that's all I'm trying to do. That's mm-hmm. all I'm trying to do. And, and again, in not having any formalized training or, or having worked with TCP and, and only having been by your excuse me by your side throughout the whole thing it's all I can do is just try to move through my own understandings and processes yeah. I feel like that's that's all the time I care to spend tonight on okay. I feel like we've had a good conversation yeah. and um I don't want to cut things short, but I do want to uh, just reflect on the past 50 minutes that we've been talking. And I mm-hmm. think that um, it's very easy to talk about these things. It's that we don't take the time or the initiative to um, necessarily sit down and, you know, just say, hey, let's talk about this. It's usually part of other conversations that we're having right and there's some value here that i feel like um we can more easily communicate about where we're at and what we need um to move forward and you know it's it's good to know where you're at um yeah so i can be sensitive to what you need because also my journey is entirely different than yours we're at different it is we're on our own individual journeys but we're still in it together so you know we gotta make sure we create space um for us all to like come together and just sit down and talk about you know well that's what you're doing right yeah that's Mm -hmm. what that's what this is for is um creating that space because there is a lack of it um yeah there is anyway do you have i want to i want to end with a question do you have any questions oh um do i have questions mm-hmm. or i think in a, in a similar vein to answers um my question would be uh are you being kind enough to yourself mm, yeah are you are you being kind enough to yourself and are you acting in the present or are you acting because of something in the past or something that you think is going to happen or are you acting because the moment is calling you to do something yeah I think uh, my question is um, are you letting go of the guilt are you actually letting go of the guilt and shame and moving forward understanding that you are learning and then I, I think I also want to ask, um, are you 
Yeah. Are you moving forward with the right energy to not only be better for yourself, but to be better in this time? Who's to say what's right? We are. We know what's we yeah. know what's right within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think that that's another there are questions about what is right and what is wrong that I think you can take those pretty far but anyway sure I didn't it just gave me another question your question gave me another uh-huh. question uh-huh. <laughs> question wasn't good enough no no it's not that it wasn't good enough it's that it gave me another question Yeah, it's not about finding the ultimate question. It's about dealing with the questions as they come, or understanding that the right. question is more important than the answer. Yeah, I understand. So I understand. Quit it with the. You think that just because I have another question that your question, I don't think your question is good enough. I think it's a good question. I think I have another question to that question. Anyway, <sighs> give me a kiss. Let's let's end this. Okay. For now. Alright. Alright. I love you. I love you too. I gotta poop. Mm-hmm.